The theme for our message this morning, the slippery slope of sin. Desire leads to thought, thought to action. May God's Spirit bring you peace, comfort, and hope today as we consider His Word from Proverbs 4, verses 14 to 23. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are like those who... For they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. In the name of Christ Jesus, our wise and merciful Savior, dear fellow redeemed. Don't even think about it. It's hard to keep from thinking about something when that very command reminds you of what it is. Of course, that familiar statement doesn't really mean simply bringing it up into your mind. It means taking time to think about it, contemplate it, or meditate upon it, or to plan something. God uses this command to warn us about allowing sin into our lives, because that option starts in our hearts. His warning comes to us through His great love for us. Sin's danger is greater for us today than it has ever been. That's because we live in a world that has forgotten or has chosen to ignore its danger. Our society's motto is more centered on living for today and fulfilling individual desires. Christians are often ridiculed and encouraged to live a little and to step outside the parameters of the Bible. Can it really be that dangerous to let loose every now and then? Certainly, God can't expect us to stay on the straight and narrow all the time. Our heart would often lend credence to such statements and to such philosophies of the world, but God lends true guidance in the first two verses of our text. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it, turn away from it, and pass on. God does not want us to even consider that path as an option. Not for one minute, not for one day, not to live a little and step outside our comfort zone. That's because God knows that sin starts in the heart. Any activity that hurts others does not manifest itself immediately it first takes up residence in an individual's heart. The world tells us that we are fine so long as we don't hurt others. But what they ignore is that the wicked deeds that begin as desires and thoughts in the heart. James tells us in chapter 1 of his revelation of God 
Let no one say when let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And our Savior taught, Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. Every sinful desire and thought is a deviation from God's intended will. If left unchecked or if fostered and encouraged, that sinful desire will spring into action. But all sinful desires, thoughts, and actions lead to death. That's why God doesn't want people to even think about sin. Because he doesn't want people to die. Now, we know that all people die physically regardless of how they act. And that's a consequence of sin. But the idea of death here includes spiritual and eternal death as well. Separation from God forever in hell. That indeed is a much more serious fate than ending our earthly life. We may feel or become convinced that we're not hurting anything, especially if we're dealing with a personal sin that only we know about. But what we're really doing is hurting ourselves because we're distancing ourselves from God. We need to take God's warning seriously, even if it is only a desire or a thought. We need to follow David's advice to his son Solomon, the very author of this proverb. And you, Solomon, my son, know the, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord reaches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. A simple desire or thought can be dangerous in the, devastating, in the most devastating way possible. It can ruin our relationship with God. But in addition to this, it can also hurt others. In verse 17, Solomon compared the wickedness of sin to what we eat. Certainly, what we put into our bodies has a way of composing who we are. If we, all we eat is sugar and junk food, then we're not going to be very healthy. The same tr holds true when it comes to the desire, thought, and action of sin. Allowing momentary wicked desires and thoughts to pervade our soul or mind will lead to wicked actions. What you put in will affect what comes out. Solomon also talks about how wicked at acts comfort the wicked. This is one of the facets of sin that makes it so hard to detect at times. It often seems that to present thoughts and activities that seem to be satisfying and enriching. In life, we have our own particular creature comforts. Pleasures such as uh, such, such that help us, <coughs> help us make it through the day. 
It might be certain food or drink, maybe working on a hobby or talking to friends. The same applies to our spiritual lives. What creature comforts does your flesh rely on? What activities or desires give comfort to your inborn nature of sin? These comforts conform us more to a lifestyle of sin and further separate us from God. The only antidote for such a problem is continued use of God's word. For the word can get to our hearts and take away what ails them and replace it with the precious forgiveness of Christ. The Holy Spirit tells us in the book of Hebrews, For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word gives clarity to our hearts and minds because it clearly distinguishes between righteousness and wickedness, whereas the world has a tendency to muddle and confuse the two. God's word contrasts the differences like night and day, as Solomon states. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines even brighter unto the perfect day. The way of wickedness is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. The Bible uses the picture of light and darkness to contrast between wickedness and righteousness in a number of places. The obvious climax of light pictured as righteousness is found in Jesus Christ, who declared, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. In John 8, verse 12. If we want to be sure that we walk in the light and not the darkness, or that we are practicing righteousness and not wickedness, we must be connected to Jesus. When Solomon speaks to us about being righteous, or just in our text. He is not directing us to our righteousness. He's directing us to Jesus. We must all admit, as Isaiah wrote, that all our righteousness, righteous actions are as filthy rags in the sight of God. God's unchangeable standard is much higher than we could ever achieve on our own. But in His grace, He sent Christ to be our righteousness, so that we could number ourselves among those who are just and holy. By faith, Christ's merits upon the cross become yours. Because he was successful at walking the line between holiness and wickedness, by never once straying from the path, you are redeemed from your sins and from the curse of death that is held over your head. In the letter to the Colossians, we are told just how Christ did this. And you, who were dead in your trespass and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us 
and with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. With our sins taken away, we too can be lights in this dark world. We are to be, like our text states, lights shining to an ever brighter shining ever brighter unto the perfect day. Our Christian lives are to be a progression in the name of our Savior. Each day on this earth, God wants us to learn more about Him, and we are to let the Word guide our ways. This starts in the heart, where the Holy Spirit has created faith, your faith in Jesus. Don't let the world or Satan creep in there. Say no to your flesh when it tempts you to satisfy it, because what comes into your heart will be reflected in the rest of your body, with your mind in what you think, with your mouth in what you say, and with your hands in what you do. As Solomon says, either way you go, with righteousness or with evil, it starts in the heart and grows. Christ died for you so that his righteousness could take over your heart and be reflected in your body. He came to forgive you from sin so that it could be taken away forever, not used again and again. And he was successful. He wants to remain in your heart and establish his kingdom, making you stronger in thought, word, and deed each day of your life until he transfers you to heaven. Therefore, use the word of Christ daily to distinguish between light and dark. Use the word to keep you from reflecting on your own righteousness in place of your Savior's. Use the word to share the light of the Savior with others. Don't even think about it. Tough to apply to sin in this day and age. It's all around us. But even more so, don't meditate upon it. Don't let it consume your thoughts. Don't let it rule your heart. Your Savior wants to help and, is all, and has already. Follow Him in His Word. Stay away from sin and wickedness. Staying away from sin and wickedness doesn't mean that your life will be empty and unfulfilled. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It will be complete in Jesus. Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Continue with hymn number uh, 414, Man is Ever Blessed.